Testing, testing, one, two. Holy test. Testing, testing. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the His and Hers Boxing Podcast. My name is Neve Campbell and as always I'm joined by Lee Costello. Hello. And today we are brought to you as always by Stamina Sports at stamina.sports, our wonderful sponsors who have also now kitted out our amateur boxing club. So make sure to check them out for all of your amateur sports club or business or just leisure wear needs. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get all those in for Christmas time. Uh, Lee, what do we have on today's agenda? Boxing, Neve. What? So, something different. What? <laughs> Thought I'd mix it up a bit like we're, we're unorthodox here. <gasps> get it? Pardon the pun. Does that mean or... you're unorthodox <laughs> or are you Southpaw? Have you, or as my ma, what does my ma say? She's like, I would be a straight South puncher. I... No, that's not what she says. It isn't what she is says. She's like, I'd be some Southpaw, but I don't think she understands what it means. No, it's, it's, she definitely says something to do with, ah, it's going to annoy me now. We'll get I'm, it, we'll get it by the end. Because I really enjoy, actually, her version of that. It's far better, as as everything Mary says. But uh, no, we're going to discuss uh, last weekend show, yeah, yeah the boxing. Um, in particular, Conor Ben and his very impressive win over Fermenta. What an exciting fight. Well, just what an exciting guy, uh, Conor Ben. Um, do you mean Formella, by the way? Yeah, where did I say? You said fermenta. Like, Who is fermenta? Where did I do that? Whenever you said fermenta, I just thought of like fermented beer. Um, well, I was on the beer when I was watching it. I think fermella. For anyone from Northern Ireland, by the way, does fermella, well, maybe if you're not from Northern Ireland, you might know him. Fermella looks so like Shane Todd, this Northern Irish Canadian. No, he looks like Macaulay Culkin. <sighs> I don't know why Macaulay Culkin looks a bit more. Definitely not as jacked as, as Fermella. <laughs> oh, he's a skinny enough dude. But here, you know what? Uh, for looking fairly slight in physique, uh, that man could take a punch because I thought, after watching the first three, maybe four rounds, I thought one of two things will happen. And then, of course, me being me, I was wrong on both. <laughs> I thought, just given that Conor Brown's sheer relentlessness. And the, oh, my God. I know, and the amount of volume and power put into the shots. Like, you I mean, he, he really does pick his shots. Like, they're not just... Uh, they're not like pitter-patter a million miles an hour and they're not also big mad swings, you know, from it's nowhere. It's not just gung-ho for the crack and let's hope a Hail Mary lands here. Like, yeah, it's all, No matter it's, how many you throw, it's like... It's well. vicious, vicious combos. But uh, I thought he would either blow himself out because oh yes. he, he just came straight out like a million miles an hour and then I thought... Or, like a so, man possessed, which yeah. I think he was for so, reasons we'll get into. If he... Yeah, that he would either blow himself out and then... Uh, Formella would just get back into it or uh, he would get the stoppage because like you know one of the two has to happen but to be fair to both fighters Conor Ben never let the pace drop and his opponent didn't drop himself you know like he just took his beating took his punches and, and give it back uh, when he could um, former world champion well former IBO champion you, you forgot know. that's what it was yeah you? And you were I like, mean because you were like a lot of people think Conor Brand's going to lose oh no fight, they did though they, no no I know but did. then on the night not just because of that not just because of his former world champion but just because the IBO and stuff like I mean, it did just, ruin his credibility a bit for you whenever you actually realised you are like oh actually yeah no I he's forgot definitely about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's no, still very Such formidable and, st- and still a lot higher uh, an opponent than um, anyone thought Conor Brand given in mind that like this man didn't really have an amateur career at all He's learning the sport of boxing as he just goes in the as a professional boxer, yeah. and then that's all well and good as well. But he's doing it under like people are saying, yeah, he's got the backing of matchroom and stuff, though. But yeah, that means like he has to do all these fights and all these learning fights mm. uh, 
in the public eye in Sky Sports, you know, Adam Smith commentating you and stuff. And don't get me wrong, they're going to be a little biased and help him out there. But he doesn't um, know that though. He doesn't. He can't hear them. Yeah, no. I mean, like at the end of it all, like all he can do is be to his foot in front of him, and that's what he's been doing. And then he's get a real test, and then straight away grabs the mic, calls out Josh Kelly, and it's all the kind of. I love that. I know it's that's kind of buzz I like to hear. You know, someone with a bit I, of attitude. I think, like obviously, you know, we we would be quite into boxing if you can't tell, but I feel like. Lately, although Sky Sports, like Matchroom's shows have been really, really good in comparison to BT Sports and stuff, but ever since boxing came back, I feel like that is the most exciting fight yeah. since COVID, um, you know, allowed boxing to come back behind closed doors. And why you're sort of like... Mm. What, Conor Ben and Carmella? I just think him. I don't mean, I don't I, mean I, like I, the opponent wise, but I mean like his actual fight and style. I, I, I get excited every time I see that Conor Ben's involved in a show. Uh, it's just always nice. Because usually <laughs> he's in an undercard and like I was supposed I, to be the weight and Pavetkin. Uh, rematch Aye, last he was weekend. Meant to be. But my point is as well, like, do you remember everyone was like, oh, he, he can't hack the pace and it's getting him? Do you remember he kind of got teary because he missed his family? Yeah, yeah. And then everyone was like, this is because he's. Also, he's- nobody nobody says this, right? But the reason he's that teary, and when I actually, well, I mean, I can't say, I said that really emphatically. Like, you really, I you were texting Connor and he yeah, told you the crap. I could not possibly know the real reason. But the reason, <laughs> I'm going to tell you anyway, um, he was fucking starving. They always ask people really emotional and deep questions and get you, why are you doing this and all this pressure. Yeah, and it's, they're and shattered you, too. Like yeah, from... and you got to think, that it's maybe the like 20th time that week he's been asked. Like, <laughs> he's maybe been at that press conference for a couple of hours. He's cutting weight, so he's had no carbs. Like, his sugar levels are so low. I'm not saying he struggles to make weight, by the way, but this is just all boxers. They drop a yeah. huge amount of weight. Professional boxers, they have to. They drop a huge amount of weight in the week week off the fight, and this was like a, the day before the weigh in. He's probably cut himself a water. He hadn't had carbs in maybe a few days. Um, you know, dying of thirst. That also starving, messes up your sleep. Interviewed, and then they're just talking to him about why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? And then he gets a little emotional and talks about and his dad's in Australia. Yeah, about his family being in Australia and that he misses them and things like that. And <laughs> um, people are like, yeah, it's got to him. It's got to him. But I, I can really appreciate like you know cutting weight. It's just the, it's just the most horrific thing ever. And. I think as well though that's what added to the hype and, and the allure of it all being like oh he he's sort of bit the gambit here he can't do it and stuff and then he did come out he was like look like I miss my family that is why I got emotional people want to pick on Conor Ben I think is the thing they were just looking for any reason and yeah. I watched the video I read his tweet saying like I'm not you know I'm not emotional because I don't think I can hack it and I was like he didn't really like cry that much they were getting on like he completely broke down it was like it was yeah. grand and then I also enjoyed afterwards in the interview him saying um haven't even seen Moise, got to see Moise's sister grow up. She's seeing boys now and I can't do nothing about it. And I just thought it was <laughs> so like, he's just such a normal lad. You know what I mean? Obviously I'm sure he has had lots of media training and then like he's got his dad helping him out too. But I just feel like everything he said after was just like raw and himself and it wasn't staged. And I think Eddie was trying to taper him back a bit, but like, okay, yeah, yeah, we're going to get you. And he was like, no, put Josh Kelly in front of me. I'm sick of all this. I'm taking it now. Um, I do. I just really like him personality way I think maybe that's why I thought like it may be one of the most exciting fights or fighters since lockdown sort of permitted yeah he's, he's very exciting um, because of him and his personality as well I think if you like a boxer on a personal level too and their backstory and all the no, rest that's, of it uh, I'd love to see him be uh, Josh Kelly boxer v brawler and he does make no illusion sort of um, but Josh Kelly's got Evan Essian to take on next and that's that's a really big ask so yeah, he has to get we'll through get there that then he'll get a money fight with Conor Ben and then one or two of them will be in line to get some sort of if not world title shot then world title eliminator but I like as well like 
that's what I'm saying like he makes no allusion to the fact that like yeah he's like I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth like I'm not acting like I've you know come up through hardship on the streets but I've had my own, own thing to deal with but like I like that he doesn't like lie about it do you know what mm-hmm. I mean like he is very honest but yeah no it was a really good fight and yeah we both thought he was going to gas himself out and then the fact that he just kept going and some people actually did say to you too that were, aren't like you know usual they're sort of casual boxing fans they were like can't believe the fitness like mm-hmm. that you need to have a boxer and we were like oh no no they don't all fight like that <laughs> obviously you need an incredible fitness but yeah Conor Ben uh, is he takes it to, yeah he takes it to a whole new level for a play to him yep. um, now this isn't a skate sports or a matchroom loving by any means, we're very hard on BT Sport because, well, frankly, their shows have been, they've been shite. Like if we're they have been to, up to par. Let's call a spade a spade. But they steal the limelight this weekend because hmm. they've got the big one. Uh, Daniel Dubois v. Joe Joyce. Finally. Didi and JJ? Yeah, this was Triple D. This is, this is the oh, name. Yeah, well, sorry. Uh, I just like, think Didi sounds cute. Seek and Destroy, isn't that what they, they always say under his, in his videos and stuff? Yeah. I love how cheesy, like, 90s action style boxing names are. What I actually like about it is... Demolition got, Man. Sorry, we watched that last night, so... They've got, like, uh... They're, they're actually not that charismatic. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to grab the mic and whatever. Like, uh, Daniel Dubois is a fairly dull guy. No harm to him. I think he's quite polite. But I, I know, but, like, this is this is why you know yeah. he's good. Because yeah. he's got all this backing and he just destroys absolutely everyone that's put in front that's of him. That's why you need the bigger camper names like that. Like, yeah. these action. So you can destroy, like, just make it... I had a build all around I, him. Yeah. But, like, not... I like. I mean, he really doesn't need uh, any help. He do, I don't think he, he needs to be calling anyone out or... And Joe Joyce is, like, the gorilla, isn't he? Uh, something like that. I don't know. Oh, juggernaut. Well, uh, no, but I mean, like, people just say he his actual stature is, like, a, just a big... Yeah, he's so huge. Gorilla anyway. He's so, like... He looks kind of robotic sometimes when he, when he uh, boxes, but <coughs> he, he has the ultimate chin. He, he, like, sometimes just lets opponents hit him and then shakes his head in front of them, gives them free digs. Like, he'll not be giving Daniel Dubois a dig. Boxing um, with your face, I like it. Yeah, I seen Adam Booth... That's <laughs> <laughs> I seen Adam Booth tweet there that uh, he 100% believes Joe Joyce would win, but then, of course, he would having trained him beforehand and mm, quite nice you know maybe oh yeah I think they were like amicable uh, yeah but they're splitting stuff but uh, but tell us the fact Lee about Joe Joyce that he's yeah he's, he's gone through like a very short amateur career or sorry a really long amateur career mm-hmm. so he's been he's quite young in the pro game despite the fact he's in his 30s he hasn't been a professional that long hasn't had that many fights but he's went through a handful of fighters already or trainers already makes um, you wonder it does make you wonder like I remember he was with like Haymaker Promotions and it was just sort of like whoever was training Hay would train him and it was just a bit odd uh, his whole professional career till date but this is the big one this will be um, if he beats Daniel who is the up and coming superstar Didi. yeah then if he ever comes on this podcast. such an underwhelming statement hey you EDD god I mean I'm an absolute monster of a man too boss me, but, but I'm really 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 excited who have you got Oh, who have I got? Oh, I think I want Daniel to win. Um, yeah. because I, d- I don't know if it's like this wide a gap in the bookies per se, but like Joe Joe Joyce is the favourite. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he's over as I'm saying, I don't know if he's overwhelmingly, but from what I've seen, he does have that bit more experience, like he's got more age, he he's got more years. Yeah. But he He's got more age. He's got I know, I just realised whenever I said that. He's got more years and a bit more experience than Daniel. Like Daniel's sort of the up and coming younger prospect as yeah. such well, and I, then Joe has that reputation as you say with the, the chin and like there was that story as well wasn't there someone stole his bike and he found the kid that stole his bike like there's all these, these mad stories like he's just like got this this big brash personality like he really he has no fear 
Um, but I think, I don't know, I think it'll be a tight fight, but I think I'd like Daniel Dubois to win. I think it might do, as you always say, it might do more for, yeah, for the sport of when boxing I, when overall. I, when I can split it, I think, well, who would I rather win? Because yeah. who would I like to see? Because uh, obviously whoever wins, it sets up an even bigger fight elsewhere. And then who, like, who do I want to see in the bigger fight elsewhere? And then like... So I'd like, I'd like to see Daniel Dubois start challenging, you know, the big names. Well, this is him. This is the start of it. Oh, well, yeah. uh, and then progressing forward with that. Like but your Dillian Whites and your Chisores and stuff. But, um, but who do you think? Uh, either Dubois early or Joyce late. <laughs> this is diplomatic see, that's, answer. That, that's the other thing. Do you think if Joyce wins, he's going to go on and do great things against... I don't know. Points? Like, you see, you need to sort of put him in a hurry. Although you can be a little bit older in the heavyweight division. Aye, well, yeah, that's true. I do think, like, I know he broke up Adam Booth, but all the Adam Booth fighters, and I'm sure it's hard for him to lose it at this stage, have that sort of mad uh, he, hair movement. He doesn't. Uh, but he just doesn't. He's so stiff. <laughs> it's so weird. I just thought maybe, you know, heavyweights, it's harder to be like that. I knew him to be that quick, but I thought yeah. maybe, trying to think of, like, way advantages he might have over Didi. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I, th- I think I want Daniel Dubois to do it more, but I'm not, I'm not really inclined either way. Daniel Dubois early. That's what I'm going to go for. Yeah. I say early, uh, like one to six rounds. The, the halfway other... mark. If it gets if it gets past the halfway mark, then things will start tipping in favour for Joyce. The other thing is, this isn't pay-per-view, sure it's not. No, no. Uh, but you remember it was going to be back in April. I Back in April, yeah, but then everything was going to be pay-per-view. Then. I know, but do you remember like so many people were complaining about yeah, pay-per-view and the yeah. like, so No, I, fair play, Frank. Yeah, I know. Jinky listener up is just like, mm, come mm. out and... Well, his views have probably been that bad lately, to be fair. <laughs> That's another story for a different day. Yeah, and then the undercard too is my mate, Jack Catterall. Everyone's back. your mate. I know everyone. Well, I, I'm a really friendly guy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jack Catterall is a who? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I like Jack Catterall. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the big fight between Drew McKenna and Hara Davies. So to give you a bit of context about Jack... He beat both of them. Hmm. and Very convincingly. Yeah, very convincingly, to be fair. Uh, Jack is a top, top quality fighter. He's been, like, the number one ranked for the WBO for, like, forever now. He's in one of them situations where he's, like, due a ch- title shot. And he just doesn't look like he's really getting one, to be honest. Uh, so he's going to do this to keep himself busy. And it'd just be good to see him out. And, and hopefully he does get his title shot. <sighs> it's good to see him out and about. Yeah, no, but because like a lot of fighters just aren't getting out this year. Oh no, 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 no! Just so funny that you said it. They're just good. Yes, I could see yourself. See about it, but I mean, it's not like he was like injured or something. Um, haven't seen you in a while, but yeah, <laughs> which you well might be. Uh, he's an exciting fighter too. Another like just because we're all about exciting. Yeah, fighters and all the rest. But you know, it's not just a bit of t- technicality or you no, know. No, he's heavy-handed and he's vicious. I could um, think about like although like we we support Tyrone and all the rest of it like the Tyrone McKenna Hardy of his fight yeah you know because because we're saying he beat both of them but their last fight was so boring don't go by them uh, yeah, you know yeah, to yeah. go by what he's going to be fighting like you know if you've never heard of him like do what and you're not you know so he is he is a great watch like yeah no definitely um, I'm looking forward to seeing him again then in the late laters of the night uh, in the wee hours yeah um rolling back the years. 20, I didn't know where you were going. 30 years. Reeling, what's that? There's like an RT program, Reeling Back the Years. Don't know. Reeling Back the Years. I don't know. Oh uh, God. Uh, but yes, Mike Tyson is back. Oh God. Turn of, <laughs> turn of Mike. I know, honestly. That's why it's going to be like someone was saying to me, Grudge Match. You know that movie from about 10 years ago with De Niro and oh, Stallone? Oh yeah, yeah, that is what it'll be like. Oh my God, no, it literally is. But it's... <laughs> Doesn't Stallone, like, in that movie, spoiler alert, uh, his eye sort of goes at the end. Remember something wrong, his eye, and yeah. his vision starts going. So, like, 
um, De Niro's like, oh, I'll fight you properly. And like, doesn't bust the bad eye because he's like, they want a fair fight because it's like their last, it's meant to be like redeeming from their okay. last You're fight. giving spoilers for this weekend because this is obviously what's going All on. I'm saying, if Roy Jones is like, oh, like my eye has stopped working as if Dyson's going to be like, or vice versa, I will make it a fair fight. I'll punch yeah. you on the good side of your face. I'll go for your ear. Um, I know. I think Tyson's went off the rails again, boy. Well, I mean, you know what? Like he's in Not good just because sh- of this. Lots of things. He's in good shape and stuff again, which is great to see. Oh, geez, um, But like, it's, ugh, I don't know what this is. Like, Because you'd, you'd, you'd hate to see this become like a... Because it only takes one successful show. And by successful, I mean neither fighter gets hurt. And like, say there is a knockout that looks sort of vaguely remotely kind of like the old Tyson of the 80s like the 80s like not no. not even the 90s you know what I mean and not even like... the, the 2000s um, like this is how long ago uh, if you can even just clip up say he does knock Roy Jones out and, and, and that like it's a hook or an uppercut and then you can just clip that like six seconds yeah, for the knockout yeah, yeah. it does just look like oh he's back and then suddenly someone like the WBC would probably put him back in the rankings oh, Jesus Christ do you think though the way you're getting on it gets is dangerous you do seem to be quite convinced that Tyson will be the, th- the one that beats him no I'm, I'm really not because Roy Jones Jr. actually is <laughs> the more active one I feel a bit younger too isn't he like, yeah, he sort of. I mean, like Roy Jones. See, Roy Jones is just like he's he sort of ruined his own reputation. It's insane. Like we should be talking about Roy Jones on the nineties. The Roy Jones of the nineties, like, should be remembered like the way Mayweather's remembered of of the the noughties because like he was just all domineering. You know, he was the be all and end all. He really and Mayweather still thought of that way because he beat fucking McGregor. Like, oh wow. But um, Roy Jones like. He was untouchable, you know, and he was just flying through the weights. Like, he started a middleweight and then went right up to heavyweight. And, and he never really changed his style. He had that, like, chicken dance thing and he'd stick his head out. And he would just knock people out with these, like, weird hooks from nowhere. And then he was, like, he was beating everybody in points and no one could touch him. So they said he was born. So then he went, all right, then. then he went out and he started knocking everybody out. And so they said he couldn't do it at that weight. And then he kept moving up. And he just, like, cemented his career and his Hall of Fame, like, way, way, way early in his career. Um, and it, it was weird because at the time when he was boxing he kept talking about how he hated boxing how he wished he had done basketball because apparently he's a fairly good basketball player and he kept talking about how like you know boxing is like you know, like a mugs game and things like that uh, it's so, say, yeah. the, they it's, all say that like a lot of them say like Eubank can all say that too. yeah and like how, how dirty the sport is and things like that and he just couldn't wait to get out of it and retire when he's 30 and all this nonsense and then he went and boxed about 20 years too long um, started, what is it isn't a car frosh he's always is a car frosh and he's always like in his podcast, I really wish he would just give it up because he is like a signed no, belt or that, That's Carter Frampton. He said he is a signed glove. It's Frampton, not yeah, Frotch. Okay. He is a signed glove by Roy Jones and he says that like every year Roy keeps fighting. <laughs> that glove <laughs> just loses keep, the value. Just keeps like, yeah, devaluing itself because like, like I mean, he's, he's getting knocked out now by people who literally would not have been fit to tie his laces back in the they 90s, early 2000s. You know, yeah, like they wouldn't even have um, and, and it just tarnishes his, his reputation and now he's in this sort of I don't know spectacle of a fight like I don't know if we'll stay up and watch it to be honest let me tell Bains you if we're drinking or not oh, <laughs> let me tell you Lee and I'll tell you this the way you knew that Conor Ben was emotional because of the making weight thing because this is how I know <laughs> <laughs> the reason they keep doing this is because and like I read somewhere that this is like really really common in like WWE like wrestlers and stuff as well like they say that they hate boxing too and it's a mugs game and it's a real working class game and like Tyson said that as well, you know, like he was treated so badly, like, like look what Don King did to him, um, you know, Tyson sort of, whenever he went to therapy, do you know we all say that's whenever he was never really the same Tyson again because he got his head sorted out. Yeah. Um, 
like when you do something for so long and it's a sport that like it's a young man's game and then like what do you do the rest of your life and yeah. then suddenly like oh and then you start looking back at the past through like rose tinted glasses and like nostalgia and it's like oh I, I could do it again because people tell you you can't do it again so it makes you want to go and do it again you want to get the rush it's like they probably have well I know Ray Jones sorry has but like Tyson hasn't had that rush in like how many years mm-hmm. and he's just starting to feel I like I know people are like oh it's for the money like they don't need the money I'm pretty sure Mike Tyson has like the largest weed farm in America or something <laughs> it's completely like I don't even think it's it's fame either like oh they just want to be back in the limelight again all that because like Tyson again has his own podcast has loads of celebrities on there you know was in the hangover all that stuff I genuinely think it's like the rush and like the feeling of like working really hard and being victorious and you know just having that like adrenaline because it only like lasts so like a like a is this fight going to be 12 rounds by the way is it no I didn't even look in the I, no it's it's definitely not and it's like shorter minutes and things like that like but, it's all like because they were giving off about that too yeah they were like, like oh like, we're I mean, not women if, if you're sanctioning it like then what's the point in even throwing in these weird stipulations but my point is like it's so fleeting like so many rounds whatever but like it's just I think I do I think it's like the Russian stuff game because I was reading somewhere too like WWE wrestlers and stuff after like big fight mania shows like they go home and it's like empty you know like after being in stadiums full like also this is behind there I don't know what they're doing for anyway because they don't get any crowds or anything out of but um like yeah like a lot of people turn to like painkillers and stuff because they're just looking that sort of do you know what it is like I mean you're not gonna like these are people who have reached the absolute top of their profession. Yeah. So like, so in some ways, it's like, how can we even tell them? Because they would have done that with a certain uh, defiance and disillusionment. Disillusionment. Yeah, disillusionment. like it's like their world and we're all living in it. Yeah, like I mean, the world that they create in their head, where they can just become world champions and knock out all the best boxers in the world and stuff. You know, like they'd probably been told their whole lives they can't do this, they can't go that mm-hmm. far, only this amount of people make it in boxing, well only this amount of people become world champion, well only this amount of people become actual millionaires and Hall of Famers and yeah, stuff, and, things like that. and they keep on doing, they keep defying the odds, so it's sort of like, why would they start listening to us now, uh, But so common sense won't prevail and they will fight, so hopefully the both fighters just get through it, all well and good. I also think, um, sorry, the other part of it is like Tyson, I know a lot more about him than Roy Jones, but like he is like convinced he's like the greatest person ever but also like the biggest piece of shit so I think sometimes he thinks he just has to do these sort of things again to like prove himself yeah luckily this will be us in 40 years time the podcast will have um been down, down the drain we'll be like Joe, we'll start that again no no one will listen to the spar um Ewan and P- Peter Dabber <laughs> and my ma and your ma yeah. your ma yes absolutely well she won't be alive by then probably but anyway <laughs> God, there's a turn um but like Let's bring it back from the past into the future and to two boxers who are absolutely in their prime, the very top of their game, and they're finally going to fight each other. Finally going to fight. Oh my God. Like, at all. Because I just thought it was going to be, we're going to see 2020, and we weren't going to see Canelo Alvarez, and we were not going to see Callum Smith. Um, Didn't think it would be so soon. Like, they announced it so soon before the fight. Well, yeah, and like it was just such a quick turnaround. It just mm. turns out that like it was like Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy and stuff that were just getting in the way clearly. I wonder why. As, like a wonder why. Well, as soon as like Canelo like announced himself, you know that he was splitting from them, the fight was sorted, done. Mm. You know, like maybe and maybe we were a bit hard on Canelo, thinking that he was just avoiding certain fighters and stuff, and it was him that was like obsessed with the purse strings and things like that. Mm. Um, because like, how are you not going to make money fighting Callum Smith for a world title? Like, it probably isn't the kind of money you'd normally make. Due to the fact there's no crowds and things like that. So glad it's Callum and not Billy Joe. 
Yeah, but I'm I mean, even, that Callum got that opportunity. Even better, it's not Yildrum. Remember that was oh, going Jesus, to be this. I thing. know, I know. He got knocked out by Chris Eubank Jr. and somehow he was getting a chance with Canelo. I know, I know. Um, that was like that was obviously Golden Boy too. Then. That was Golden Boy. Uh, yeah, it was some sort of WBC mandatory situation, and it was just like, why, why is he following mandatory? Is he sure he's the franchise champion where you can't lose the belt anyway, even if you lose? He can do no. Yeah. Saying, like wrong, right wrong. No, and Canelo doesn't need a fight for world titles. I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of extra flavor on a fight. Aye, the other thing is too, like looking at it from a promoter's point of view, like he was obviously going to make more, mo- like Oscar De La Hoya too. He was obviously going to make more money off him fighting the likes of Callum Smith, or even, but you know what I mean. Maybe it could have been to do with like manager cuts and promotional cuts and all of that other shit. But that's the point being. Well, you know, we don't need to worry about it. We get to see. Uh, Merry Christmas. The Mexican Ginger Ninja, in action uh, against. <laughs> Scouse's tallest ever super middleweight Vittorio said you look like Lee's comedian um, mate teammate you made it sound like I own a comedian my comedian when his mate Vittorio says he looks like an Irish (laughs) uh, really Irish culty like County Mayo version of Canelo Alvarez you're like O'Connell O'Connell Connell O'Alvarez that's what it is I'll take it you're the the legal version well we're both on steroids so it's fair enough yeah. <laughs> that's going to make a really I'm not going to fight Callum Smith though. although to be fair anyone I fight is, is, is a lot taller than me as well <laughs> uh, but that, that, these are like the interests of it I mean like I, I, I am uh, God, I was a lot braver before I was just like God I think if anyone was going to beat uh, Canelo it would be Callum Smith I know, now, like now that it's happening I'm like yeah, you know what actually because I, I just seen Canelo go up to light heavyweight and knock out uh, I don't think he's going to beat him like. yeah, you don't what? I don't think Callum's going to beat him like. probably not no but um, some fight though yeah <laughs> He uh he really is top top drawer. He doesn't get the same accolades and stuff. Like he won the WB the Super Series thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and like he absolutely dismantled George Groves, who had previously just dismantled yeah. Chris Eubank Jr. Um, and he made it look really easy. Like he got the stoppage. It's not an easy thing to knock out George Groves, and you know he's always been fighting at a really high level and, and Joe Gallagher uh, is trainer you, you know he, he deserves this as much as anyone he's like the biggest yap in boxing in terms of a trainer but like he really cares about his fighters and stuff on, and he, he was not uh, for letting Callum fight anyone until he got the Canelo shot that he deserved and I'm so glad that he did see originally like, there was talk of this happening in Anfield and things like that but then Covid and etc I probably I'm sure like Callum still would like that but I think the main appeal there is having all your, your fans well, if he does it, town around you you better believe there's going to be like a rematch clause so if he does it if he pulls off the miracle it is 2020 weirder mm-hmm. things have happened uh, Callum Smith gets the win or something um, then you could talk a rematch and then hopefully crowds are back and things like that and then we could maybe at that big Anfield show that we were always yeah I mean Lopez beat Lama yeah. so you know Yeah. I think that might be a bigger upset than than Smith beating Canelo. Well, I don't know. See, it really shakes up the whole pound for pound list at the minute because, like, I always had Lomachenko at the top there with sort of Canelo. And Canelo in, is up there, like. In New A, uh, Terence Crawford, all sort of floating in underneath. Um, so, like, if Canelo was to lose it as well, like, the whole pound for pound list could be completely different. Yeah, you got. Excuse me. <laughs> Ugh, excuse me. Bless you. COVID. I'm not editing that out, can't be bored. That's fair. <laughs> but, yeah, no, we actually do have a lot of exciting, like, the next. I think consecutively, like week after week, now it takes straight up until Christmas. Like we've something really, some really good boxing shows right up yeah, until. Really looking forward to it. Josh was back as well. He's going to be fighting uh, Pulev. Yeah, and uh, Coley's on that undercard, even though. Coley's yeah, for a world title. Always a born fighter, but it's a good mm-hmm. enough 
remember I couldn't remember who it was. I was like, Leo, because you were that under Garth Shade. I was like, there's someone that we know, that we actually know that's really, really good in that. And that's yeah, Lawrence O'Gooley. He'll be fighting for a world title and hopefully he wins it because then our boy Tommy McCarthy mm-hmm. could fight him. Mm-hmm. And there's also like in the world of like just Northern Irish boxers, you know, there's lots of good news. James McGivern is making his, I think it's a second fight with MTK next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Um, James Tennyson is now up for another He's for another world title contender fight. Yeah, he's a well, world title eliminator. So if he Sorry, wins this, yes. then he'll get his world title shot. Um, he already had a world title shot. Where uh, he, he, got, he, he got stopped by Tevin Farmer. Uh, uh, but, but that's this, no big disgrace. Like. No, it's not at all. And and you know, in some ways, that like Tevin Farmer was always going to be all wrong for him and the kind of come forward sort of fighter that he is. And you know, this is a new weight and things like that. And you learn from the mistakes and stuff. So yeah, I would love to see Tennyson get into the the world title mix. Yeah, and then Armit. Carl de Glos. I think I'm saying it right. It's Polish, but um, he he's Polish, but he's like a, a Belfast boxer, a boxer based out of Belfast. That's what um, we should have called this podcast. What? Armit. 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 Armit boxing. Um, but yeah, Carl won his um pro debut fight there in Poland, so he signed with like Queensbury, Poland. Mm-hmm. So Frank's got his fingers in all the pies over in yeah. Eastern Europe and all. Um, but yeah, we, we actually like reported on, on Carl in the Ulster Elites back in February, right before the last boxing thing we were at before lockdown. And now he's, I think he went pro before and then, I don't know, went back to amateur for whatever reason. But now he's properly taken the, the bull by the horns and we're going to get him in this pod too. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see him. I think it's interesting getting boxers like real, like he is like probably the earliest boxer in their career pro ways. Cause like what does make you want to turn pro? You know what I mean? Um, that dollar bill. Aye, but like, you really do not make a lot of money no, at the start. No, not for not. ages, even like Tro McKenna was saying that, you know. But anyway, so the last thing we're going to chat about is the sort of funding scandal that's hit uh, amateur boxing in England. Mm-hmm. Eddie Hearn was giving off about it on BBC Five Live, I think it was yesterday. So yeah, so so basically here, I was getting really confused about it, right? Because in Northern Ireland, I don't really think we have this, this separation of the, the funding for grassroots clubs. So we got £15 million um of like sports covid relief back in like october i think it was i actually still don't think that's being distributed by we you mean northern ireland oh my god yeah not leaving yeah. <laughs> do you think we'd be doing this podcast if we were millionaires i'd be in an island no. but yeah so i think the whole thing like do not quote me on this i don't even know if that fund's been distributed yet but yeah so northern ireland then um are getting another 10 million pounds for like sort of to help out the sports clubs that have had to close because of covid blah 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 but in england i think it's just england the sports clubs, um, basically a lot of grassroots clubs have been given money because, you know, they've been affected by the camping money because of spectators. But boxing, including cricket and snooker, which is so random, haven't seen any of that money. Apparently they're not getting any of it. Um, so Eddie Hearn was sort of on Five Live giving off because it is a disgrace though because we do hear what is part of the 300, so it's 300 million pound, right? 40 million of it is going to horse racing. 135 million of it is going to the rugby union. And six million is going to motorsport. Now there are obviously lots of other sports too, like tennis and badminton. That badminton are, that are getting support, right? But they're the top three. Badminton gets support ahead of boxing. But they're the three. Sorry, like motorsport. Playing badminton. What? Oh, but people, there are real motorheads. I can see no, people are no. really passionate about. I know, it. right? But like badminton. I just think if your child, this is funding going to amateur grassroots, like amateur clubs yeah, being yeah. the main thing. You know what I mean? I just think it's some crack that 40 million gets given to horse racing. If you have a horse, you probably don't need no. that much money. But it's all the sports that are like... You're like fit to own a horse. What yeah. do all the punters gamble on? Like horse racing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, things like rugby, like they're, they're more middle class sports. Even motorsport is watching motorsport doesn't make you middle sport, but if you're sitting with like a motorbike, you're probably got a bit of dough. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Eddie Hearn was just on giving off about it, saying that like none of those sports even come close to boxing and like providing the facilities, jobs, and and aspirations for young people. You know, boxing. There's like studies. Boxing's taking loads of people off the streets, improved mental health. There's less knife crime in a lot of like certain urban areas in go England. To, go to any sort of working class area that that maybe working class being the really operative word. Or yeah, that really sort of like I mean, even poverty ridden. You go as far as to say like the the areas that really struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always a boxing club and it's always the savior for so many kids. And um, it's the same here in like in Belfast, especially. It's always in areas. Yeah. Um, you know where they're not going to get the support that they need. But there's always boxing club. Boxing finds its way. Uh, to help and out uh, these sort of kids and, and, and it teaches such discipline like yeah yeah you know like I mean you're so much less likely to fight on the street you know people think oh you're doing boxing you're literally teaching them how to fight but they don't like no. you're more likely to fight to not get in street fights and shit like that if you're going to a boxing club like, well, we, we, and you're an avid boxer coach kids that are a boxing club and it would be in, in a sort of similar area to that and like you know they do sometimes tell me or the parents talk to you and they tell you about how they got in trouble in school and stuff and you can't imagine it because they're so uh, like butter wouldn't melt yeah like yeah. when they're in the boxing club and you know and, they, and you have their full attention and they know all the rules you know they know mm-hmm. like if they swear or if they got where our kids <laughs> they could put through the wars they're not even allowed to lean on the walls yeah you or know sit down, or sit so, down when they're yeah. not told and things but otherwise it's burpees for everybody not just for them for absolutely everybody yeah um and you know it, it's instilled a real discipline that they wouldn't have anywhere else and you know a lot of these kids like they don't get this sort of discipline at home and stuff and not our kids, or you know, I'm not saying. I'm not speaking like, to everybody, but I think yeah, the point is like, how could you not include boxing? And then the whole thing as well, like. But badminton. I, I'll never get over that. But it's all like it's to help fund clubs that are losing out because they would have been making money. Like they've been impacted by no spectators, right? But amateur boxing clubs make so much of their money from club shows, and you know, um, you know, like doing we exhibition shows with other boxing clubs coming together do you know what I mean like that's mm-hmm. where they get a vast majority of their money it's like Frampton was saying too he was like you know I know my home club Midlands in North Belfast is struggling and stuff and amateur coaches are having to put their hands into their own pockets which I just think when you're when you're giving millions of pounds to the likes of rugby and horse horse racing and Babington is the one that really yeah. got your goat I can't believe it I hope that I just it, don't know what you need for it <laughs> you know? well he has uh, Eddie Hearn has written a letter to Oliver Dowden, the um, he's like the media, digital media culture secretary, basically asking him to reconsider, um, blah blah. And fair play to Eddie, like he was saying stuff as well. Like I'm not even on about making world champions. I'm just on about like making people, giving them better mental health and making kids better f- to help their society because there's so many studies around that. Yeah, but- that's always the thing with boxing. Everyone's just like they go to boxers as a kid and he's like, well, what's the point? He's not gonna make it. And it's like, but you never say that to the kids who go to play football. You know, I like, know, you're not going to make it or you're going to play GAA or if you go to play badminton God knows you'll never reach the dizzy heights see that's what Frampton said too Frampton was like you know if I was a kid right now like a teenage boxer I would um, like I might have given it up if Covid had to happen because of all the restrictions and stuff and he's just like basically being like putting out a message to young boxers like keep at it like I know with Covid and stuff you might want to stop because they're just being forced to train on their own wherever they can you know they're not getting any help but yeah so but it's not all doom and gloom. We'll not, we'll not leave you on a bad note. We just thought we'd let everyone know about that. And let us know your thoughts about it. Hopefully, you know, we'll come back with some better news that funding has come in. And, 
yeah remember to support your local boxing clubs with donations and stuff in any way you can or if you want to get them out use stamina.sports <laughs> this is it that is enough for us mainly actually have to go and do some of our actual jobs now but thank you for listening remember to follow us at his and her boxing on instagram and twitter subscribe to us on all streaming platforms follow at stamina.sports on twitter and instagram as well and thank you again for listening see you next week bye